0: Greetings, welcome. It is Eric Erickson. It is my show, the Eric Erickson show and the phone number if you want to be a part of the program, 877 97 Eric 877-973-7425. you are more than welcome to call in. So at the end of the last hour, sorry about Bob Nightingale. He is a columnist for USA Today. He is there sports reporter, and I have noticed, he was one of the ones I noticed, he would not reference in his tweets the Braves. He would just say Atlanta. He'd say Houston Astros, but then Atlanta. And he's now admitted he finds it racist. He finds the word racist, and so he won't use the team name. Now, you should know if you're not in the Southeast that the Atlanta Braves have worked with the Cherokee Nation, and the Cherokee Nation has totally endorsed both the Tomahawk Chop and the name of the Braves. But Nightingale is a white guy who believes he knows better than those Native Americans. He finds it racist on their behalf, even though they do not. Now, I got to go on a tangent here for just a moment because uh, the local Atlanta paper, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, has a – my my, I, my radio producer just stood at the door, waited for me to make eye contact, and gave me a middle finger for no reason whatsoever. I, I will – you can take – I will take applications for his job uh, you, you can you can actually send them. Uh, you can call in 877-973-7425, and you can apply to him for his job, having insulted his boss as in the middle of a monologue and got me off track. <laughs> All right. So the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, the, the hometown paper for for the Braves, has a column called the Political Insider column. The, the Jim Galloway for years did it. Now, I think her name is Patricia Murphy. She's like, oh, leave the politics out of the Braves. Leave the politics out. Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia, had to make it political, bringing the World Series to Atlanta. And I got to tell you, I am infuriated by this. I am infuriated by these people. They didn't say one damn word about Stacey Abrams trying to make it political when Major League Baseball was taking the All-Star game out of Atlanta. They did not say a damn thing about it. Excuse my language. These journalists were on the side. They're picking sides. This Bob Nightingale guy from USA, he's picking sides. The Cherokee Indians are totally fine with the Braves, but white dude thinks he knows better than the Native Americans. Atlanta Journal Political Insider him, thinks it, oh, we got to keep politics out of it now that it's a Republican doing it. But the moment a Democrat wants to bring politics into it, by God, let them do it because they're on their side. This is why Americans, more than half of them, don't take News coverage, seriously, and by the way, why 87%, according to Gallup, don't trust newspapers. Is there any self-awareness of these political columnists that they have a bias and and they predict be, oh hi, I'm just going to prognosticate on the politics of Georgia? No, you're not. You're taken aside. And every damn person knows you are taken aside. And to come out and condemn the governor of Georgia for making it political when you kept your mouth shut about your precious Stacey Abrams means we can't take you seriously about anything because you've got an agenda. Bob Nightingale from USA Today has an agenda. And this is the larger issue here. The left hates you. They hate you. And they feel smugly, self-assured, and comfortable publicly hating you. And despising you and thinking you're a racist because you disagree with them. And they will try to cancel a black man, a comedian Dave Chappelle for disagreeing with their progressive agenda. If you're not on their side, you're a hick, you're ignorant, you're a fool, you're a racist. School boards across America, the the elected officials are showing their contempt for you. I can't play you this audio it is not able to be played marley's davidson is the los alamitos los Al- alamitos california school board president a parent came to the school board and was upset about the mask mandates for children And the school board president said, F you to her, to the parent, F you. Thought the microphone was turned off so the parent wouldn't hear it and said, F you. An immigrant mother with broken English from Asia got up to talk at this school board meeting. And the same school board president, thinking the mic was off, where everyone could hear, says, oh, my God, here we go again. In Minnesota, a local school board has said parents aren't allowed to criticize the school board when they come talk. They hate you. And they're open about it. They, they want your vote, but they hate you. They want your subscriptions, but they hate you. Now, i, I got to say, I like the Atlanta Journal Constitution. I know some of the reports, I think very highly of them. I think they, they do a good job. But it is the height of tone deafness for that newspaper to blast Brian Kemp for making it political. When he's responding to the politics of Stacey Abrams, who helped convince Major League Baseball to boycott Atlanta before she claimed she didn't. And it was USA Today, the same newspaper that has a columnist who won't use the team name in Atlanta, who helped Stacey Abrams and allowed her to revise her op-ed to take out her suggestion of a boycott so she could say she never did it. This isn't a free and fair press. It certainly is free to do whatever it wants to do, but it's not fair. It's picked a side. And school boards around America have picked a side. Democratic politicians have picked a side, and it's not you. And I'm not talking now to conservatives. You think I am, but I'm not. They don't like you individually whoever you are, unless you agree with them completely. Because their political doctrine has become their religious dogma. And if you don't agree with it, you're a heretic. They don't like heretics. If you don't agree with the woke stuff, you're a heretic. If you don't believe that girls should have to compete against boys— Well, you're a heretic. If you don't believe that boys should be allowed into girls' bathrooms, you're a heretic. If you believe that the police should be funded, you're a heretic. If you're black and believe that you need police in your neighborhood, well, white supremacists have just indoctrinated you and you don't even realize you're oppressed. What they've done is they've shaped unfalsifiable beliefs into their political dogma. When Republicans criticize something or make something political, it's bad. When Democrats do it, oh, well, it's everybody agrees with that. They think everybody agrees with that. Well, of course, everyone agreed that Georgia's election law was bad. Actually, it turns out from independent agencies who observe voting around the world that Georgia's actually made it easier to vote now. Did you know that? Has that gotten reported? An international panel of election law experts looking at the travesty of Georgia, thinking it was going to be bad, came out and said, actually— It improves the rate of votability in Georgia. Did you know that? Did that get reported in your local newspaper? I bet it didn't. It's not even a conservative group. It's actually an international democracy panel that looks at voting around the world. Georgia's actually gone up in its ease of voting because of the new law. Harder to cheat, easier to vote. But that contradicts their dogma. They really don't like you. And the press is part of that. And this is this is part of the problem. We need a fair, free, and independent press in the country. The amount of, listen, y'all, I was an elected official. I was elected on a city council, and it was the worst job I had. Because you know what? At the end of the day, voters are stupid people. Collectively, they're stupid. Individually, people are great. You see, this is where Democrats and Republicans are different. Republicans like voters that like people individually and hate the collective. Democrats hate people individually and like the collective. Collectively, people are good. Individually, they're bad. I just think people are stupid. Not willing to shy away from that. There are individually great people, but my gosh, you get them together and they're just stupid. Local politics is nastier and more corrupt than national politics, and you need a free, fair, and independent press to investigate, to examine, to probe, to ask questions, to challenge local officials. Locally, that's where the real corruption is. that's where the stolen elections are. National elections, they're not stolen. Local elections are. It's hard to steal an election where the margin Is 11,000 votes. It's really easy to steal an election where there's a 10-person margin of vote. And it still doesn't happen that often. What happens is, is the corruption, the greed, the fraud, the abuse beforehand. That's what happens. And you need a press. But you can't trust the American press because they picked a side. When the local paper in Atlanta condemns the Republican governor for making a political point about the Braves but didn't say a damn thing about Stacey Abrams doing the same thing, well, they picked a side. You can't believe them. You can't trust them. When the newspaper columnist decides that he knows better what's for American Indians, the American Indians do, he's picked a side. When CNN won't spend any time on Joe Biden's falling poll numbers and spent an inordinate amount of time on Donald Trump's, they've picked a side. And when the school board thinks you're too stupid to tell them what your child should be taught, they've picked a side. And in none of the cases is the side picked your side. It's somebody else's side. And so you can't trust them. And unfortunately, what fills the void are the hucksters and the grifters who you can't trust either, but they assure you, you can. The people who want to make themselves out to be martyrs by being performance artists, by seizing a cause they think you care about and they dance on it and and perform for you on it. And so you put your trust in them and they abuse your trust. The con artists are on the rise because the press has picked a side and you can't trust the press anymore. And it's taken us in our politics for a very bad place. But ultimately, to the extent that people hold you and me in contempt, you know, we we kind of bring it on ourselves by the people we vote for. At some point at the end of the day, we are living the life we've chosen by voting for the people we've chosen to vote for or against. Collectively, individually, we got problems. It's the collective that's the problem. And to the extent that the media has picked a side, they've picked the side of the collective, and that in and of itself is all sorts of problematic. And until they realize they gotta stop picking sides and be mindful of their biases, we're just the situation's gonna get worse. You know, we get lectured on a daily basis of how we are unconsciously biased, we're unconsciously racist, and the media never thinks to themselves, maybe we've got unconscious bias as well that we should work on. Nope. It's everybody else's problem, not their problem, and yet they're the cause of so much of it. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. Let us go back to the phones. I will go here to Jeff. You're going to be up next. Welcome. Well, there you go, Jeff. How are you?
1: Eric, thank you. I'm I'm well, especially with this weather, but I'm I'm doing good. Thank you for taking my call. Oh, the
0: weather's atrocious today. It's going to mess up my fishing tomorrow.
1: <laughs> oh, well, you get a chance this weekend, hopefully.
0: Yeah. Well, what's going on?
1: Well, I wanted to make a comment. I am Native American and a longtime resident here in Atlanta, and I am glad and I agree with you 100%, and I couldn't be more proud of the uh that the Braves have held firm to their their conviction, and it is not a derogatory uh, you know, statement to Native Americans that to be called the Braves. I, I actually look at it as, as a badge of honor, honestly.
0: Well, I'm glad to hear you say that, and, and there is a consensus here. And, and I just It's amazing to me that this columnist thinks that he can speak for all the Native Americans out there and essentially say that those who don't think it's racist are, are rubes who have been bought off uh, that should be the offensive one. It, it's the the ongoing effort of white progressives to think that they know best for minorities in this country. It's just it's appalling to me. But now, Jeff, you you say you, you're you're proud of the Braves holding the day, but oh man, that game last night, I I couldn't I couldn't keep watching it.
1: Well, yeah, I I agree a hundred percent. I was kind of on on cloud nine uh, on the first the first game. It was I was ecstatic. But uh, we'll uh, we're gonna bring it back when they get here. We tomorrow. are.
0: We, we, we've got to listen. Th- thank you very much for the phone call. I just oh that game last. Uh, you know, I mean it is kind of payback. The first game what was it 6-2, and the second game was two to seven. Oh, I just didn't, and poor old Charlie Morton and his and his leg. Could can, can he can't can he be out there in like an air cast? I mean, can't he, like, like take one? For- <laughs> Max should be, go. Oh. oh, it's just, it's sad how I, I want him to win. I want him to win. And I've got a buddy of mine who he doesn't care, but he's decided since I want the Braves to win, he's going to root for the Astros just to spite me. And I should block him. I should. I shouldn't be his friend anymore, but I am. And I'm, I'm, ex- I'm just, you know, it's been nice i've I never really paid attention to sports until I got into middle age, and i I've got to embrace that I'm in middle age. I do. but it's it's nice to to hang out with friends and enjoy watching the game. And I'm not a big fan of watching baseball. I love to go to the stands. You can hang out. Uh, the Brave Stadium it has great food. It's got a good beer selection. And you hang out, you spend time with your friends and you enjoy the game. And it's been delightful to be able to do that some this year. I would really like to buy season tickets at some point. It'd give me an excuse to go more often. I haven't gotten there yet, uh, but maybe I will. All right, we got other stuff we got to talk about, including this. You want a tax on the poor, among other things. McDonald's has had to increase prices. So much for the dollar menu. Its prices are going up across the board. Why? Supply chain problems, inflation, and they've had to hike wages to get people into the stores, and so your prices are starting to go up. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who's a restaurateur, and they're about to raise their prices across the board on their menu. And there's a back and forth in some restaurants. Do we we make a big hike or a small hike? And a lot of them are going for the big hike. Because they're afraid if they go for the small hike, they're going to have to raise prices again later. So why not go on up and then as prices keep increasing, you can eat, get, eat into the profit margin again. It's a It's a dilemma out there for small businesses. There are so many dilemmas. And now we've got the GDP numbers and the economy has slowed sharply. And this is impacting businesses. It's impacting Joe Biden's popularity. It's impacting a lot of the stuff. I want to spend a little bit of time on the economic news when we come back uh, because it's starting to have some significant impacts out there across the board as Americans are trying to go back to work with a Democratic Congress and president who don't seem to know what to do to deal with the economy other than they keep making changes that make it worse. Hello there. It is your here. oh, my gosh, a, a Lister just emailed and said he, he's Irish. He doesn't get ashamed or offended by the University of Notre Dame mascot. Everybody's getting so upset and offended about names. How long before the alphabet gang gets upset with Queens, New York? <laughs> Someone's going to get mad at me for relaying a Lister email. Yo, we we we've got topics. We we got things we got to talk about. Serious serious topics here. Economic. First of all, you do need to know there's breaking news that's happening right now. Facebook has changed the company name to Meta to highlight their metaverse. They they want us all to have an Oculus and live in a uh a, 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 an augmented reality world. Um, I, I've got an Oculus. Full disclosure they sent me an Oculus to to cuz I said I never had never had one and someone overheard and sent one from Facebook for me to check out. My kid loves it. Just so you know, full disclosure, uh my my son has an Xbox. Uh he really likes his Nintendo Switch a ton. Uh we like the Nintendo Switch. I got it for both of us and he really plays it more than me, but he has seized my Oculus and says it is the coolest thing ever. Uh, loves the games on the Oculus. So if you're thinking about something for Christmas, the Oculus may be the way to go. Um, he, there's a Star Wars game, apparently. He says it's phenomenal because it's it's 360. I mean, so for those of you who don't know, you put on this headset and you're in the world and you look up and down and behind you and you're still in this world. It's it's amazing what they've done. Uh, it's got some very cool games, but nonetheless, they changed their name to Meta. But that's not what I want to focus on. Economic growth has slowed to 2%. The U.S. economy grew at a 2% rate in the third quarter, its slowest gain of the pandemic ever-era recovery, as supply chain issues and a marked deceleration in consumer spending stunted the expansion, according to the Commerce Department. Gross domestic product, a sum of all the goods and services produced, grew at a 2% annualized pace in the third quarter, according to the department's first estimate released Thursday. Economists surveyed by Dow Jones had been looking for a 2.8% reading that marked the slowest GDP gain since the 31.2% plunge in the second quarter of 2020, which encompassed the period during COVID 19 and the global pandemic. That's story one. Story two prices are up and expected to keep climbing, according to Morning Consult pervasive shortages are not only making items difficult to find but are driving up prices. 50 percent of Americans in October decided against a purchase because the item was more expensive than expected. now related to this can I I I, I don't know why I feel a weird sense of shame with what I'm about to tell y'all and I' I'll, I'll get into why. I bought my sixteen-year-old a brand new car. Thing had eleven miles on it when it came off the lot. And I, I I feel shameful saying that. And I I've never been someone who could do something like that until recently. And honestly, it was it was out of necessity and I feel like my hand was forced. So I'm kind of resentful for it. Now I I listen, I I love my, my child, my family. It's a great car. It's a Kia Telluride. SUV, consumer Reports says it's the safest car to put your family in. But I just – I mean I grew up – my parents got me – when I went off to college in 1993, my parents got me a 1984 Buick Regal that had been in some old man's garage and barely had any miles on it. It was in pristine condition. It was all going great until my sister pointed out that you could lay down in the back seat. <laughs> but I, I just I, – i I was – in my mid-30s before I bought a new car, I had a car at one point where you literally had to have duct tape on the windows because the seal was bad and water would get in. I, I, I bought my sister-in-law's used Acura at one point, and the thing was falling apart. I It was not until my mid-30s that I had an income stream where I could buy a car, and I bought a, a brand-new Toyota 4Runner the day I signed my contract with CNN. And I've had new cars since because I can, but I wasn't going to buy my daughter a new car, but the used car prices are nuts. And the new car, the new car was $5,000 more expensive than the used car. And the new car had a 10-year warranty on it. I was like, this it's insane. Why am I stressing out about buying my kid a new car? I can afford it. It's reasonable. It'll keep her for 10 years. She can get something herself after she gets out of college. But it was still insane to buy a new car for a 16-year-old, and it's been an issue. I didn't realize it was an issue, but for, for some of the people at, at the kid's school, it has become an issue that my kid has a new car and the other kids can't do it. And I know, and I don't want to put them in that position, and I, I feel bad about that. I don't like having bought it. But the used car market right now is genuinely nuts, and the new car market is starting to get nuts. Have you been by a car dealer lately and seen the lack of cars on the lot? It's crazy and prices keep going up. And now there's this. The median new car pr- or the median new home price, I'm sorry, the median home price, I'm stuck on buying my kid a new car. The median home price has just passed $400,000 for the first time ever. In the third quarter, the median home price hit $404,700, jumping nearly 13% since the third quarter of 2020, when the median sales price was $358,700. That's an eye-catching number. The market's been hot lately. There's a lack of inventory. There's high demand. According to a recent note from Goldman Sachs, home prices could rise another 16%. By the end of next year, Goldman economists Jan Hudson pointed out that all of the pandemic shortages, the housing shortage, may last the longest, and a crash is very unlikely for now. Mortgage rates are low. There have been a flight of people from urban areas to the suburbs. The median home prices are expected to rise another 7.9%. There's a housing shortage. Now, wait, there's another, there's another one. 5% 5% of unvaccinated adults have left a job due to the vaccine mandate. From survey of the Kaiser Family Foundation, one quarter of workers surveyed said their employers require them to get vaccinated, up from 9% in June and 19% last month. A nationwide vaccination on testing ma- or testing mandate covers businesses with 100 or more employees announced by Joe Biden. It has yet to be officially implemented by the Department of Labor, but 5% of unvaccinated adults have left their job because of it. And wait... There's one more data point here. And this is the dumbest one y'all listen I I, I need unless you, if you're driving, if you're driving, don't do this because you need your hands on the wheels. but if you're just listening to me somewhere, I need you to take the palm of your left hand and push it into the temple of the left side of your head and with the right do the same and push your head together because otherwise your brain's about to explode with the idiocy of the Biden administration. They have decided, do you know what their cure for clogged ports and backed up ships are? Do you know how they're going to solve the shortage crisis and the supply chain crisis? From CNBC, the Biden administration is hopeful new fines imposed on carriers at the nation's busiest port complex will abate the intensifying logjam of cargo ships. The twin ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach announced Monday containers moved by truck will have nine days before fines start accruing, and containers scheduled to move by rail will have three days. In accordance with these deadlines, carriers will be charged $100 for each lingering container per day starting November 1st. So if you don't get your container out, there's going to be a $100 charge. My wife knows a lady who has a small business. Her small business is one of those little knick-knack shops. You know, every every part of suburbia and small towns, they got knick-knack shops. You can go in and you can buy fancy Christmas ornaments. You can't buy your normal retail stores. You can go in and Buy your crystal vase, or I'm sorry, vase. If you go to one of those stores, it's a vase. You can buy your your your. I'm sorry, I'm Swedish. crystals, crystals for your Christmas tree. You can buy all sorts of fancy stuff that you can't get anywhere else. It's a knickknack shop. And she can't get in the Christmas items. They're stuck in ports. Not only are they stuck in ports, the businesses from which she's buying them are already passing on the anticipated costs of these price increases for container ships to the small business. She's having to cancel her orders because she can't afford them. The prices keep going up. They're stuck in a port somewhere. She can't get them, and the prices keep going up. And it's not just her business. It's businesses, it's small businesses across America. You start fining the containers. And, and let, let's look at the supply chain. You've got the 18-wheeler that was made in 2009, so it can't go into California, which restricts the number of, of trucks that can go into California those trucks cannot then unload again the containers and because they can't unload the containers they can't get the new ones they can't recycle they can't move in you got a ship you got a trucking shortage you got a trucker shortage you don't have enough trucks you don't have enough people to drive the trucks the trains by the way if the trains break down now there's a backlog on parts there's a shortage issue there. So if a train breaks down, it can't get enough parts to get fixed, to get back on the rails. So you got a port backup. Now they want to find everyone with the containers. The ships can't get in to unload new stuff. There's not just, they don't have room. They don't have enough workers to unload the ships. So the ships are sitting offshore burning fuel. And now, because there are so many ships with so many uh, with so many cars on them, so many of the, the tractor-trailer cars, there's a shortage of those, so they can't fill them up back in the ports in Hong Kong. There are not enough ships now, so you've got backups there. It's a cascading problem. It's like gridlock on the high seas. So the small businesses, their prices are going up. The home values are going up but the economy is slowing down. Inflation is going up. We're headed into an obvious financial crisis. We're headed into an obvious crisis because the small business owners are getting screwed. Their home values are going up. They can't sell their house. If they do sell their house, they can't move into a new house because there are no new houses. Their property taxes are going up. Because their home values are going up, their property taxes are going up, they don't have the money to pay their property taxes because they don't have the money from their small business because their small business is getting bled dry through inflation and shortages. They can't sell products they don't have in the store. And now the Biden administration's genius idea is to start fining the cargo that can't leave the ports because there aren't enough trucks, which is going to raise the prices even more. You've already got inflation All of this is foreseeable. I can see it all. I am not an expert on this stuff. I talk to the experts. I know who to talk to. And they're all like, my God, what are these people doing? This is absurd. And yet they're doing it. They're making it worse. Something wicked this way comes. Something bad is happening. And now there's a new story that's just hit the wires as I've been talking. Food companies could see $3 billion in monthly sales vanish as low income households get squeezed. Shoppers who get federal food assistance have fueled double digit growth for retailers and food manufacturers, but are now under growing pressure to stretch those dollars. Some people who qualify for the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, commonly known as food stamps, are unemployed. Others are working minimum wage jobs. With clogged ports and truck driver shortages, transportation and raw material costs are rising, calling sticker shock at the grocery store. Stimulus checks have largely been spent. No additional ones are coming. The pandemic fueling funding ends. Consumer packaged good companies are going to feel the pain. And the people on supplemental food benefits, they can't afford a grocery shop. It is abundantly clear here that there's a financial crisis coming, that we're headed into a housing bubble, that inflation is going to destabilize the economy, and the Biden administration wants to raise your taxes and your fees and your costs. They don't have a solution. There's going to be hell to pay at the ballot box for them next year. You know who else there should be hell to pay for? I, I, I spent this hour talking about the – the. by the way, I didn't realize that the the political columnist that, that is saying Brian Kemp should keep politics on the Braves used to work for the Democrats. That now makes a lot of sense. But, you know, you've got these woke businesses in Atlanta who were totally supportive of Major League Baseball boycotting Atlanta – and a lot of those people, they got they've got tickets to the Braves now. They got tickets to the World Series. Uh, the Job Creators Network is calling on groups like Delta and Coca Cola that went woke over the election bill in Georgia and, and help provoke this firestorm with the, the Major League Baseball, that Job Creators Network suggests that these companies should donate their World Series tickets to the small businesses that actually suffered. Because a lot of small businesses suffered. They were putting a lot of money and time into preparing for the All-Star Game, and it didn't happen. The Job Creators Network is calling on the woke businesses to help the small businesses donate their World Series tickets. And you can stand with the Job Creators Network. I love this group. I'm so glad to have them as an advertiser. Their website is JobCreatorsNetwork.com. They are a great network for job creators, for small businesses out there who drive the American economy, even though Joe Biden's trying to drive them into the ground and the wokes are trying to to harass them and abuse them. The Job Creators Network, their website, JobCreatorsNetwork.com, I stand with them in the idea that the woke corporations of Atlanta should donate their World Series tickets to the small businesses their wokeness hurt when the All-Stars left. With the World Series coming back, give the small little guy the tickets. It's a great idea. JobCreatorsNetwork.com is their website. You can find out more there. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan Nationwide. They can help your business. Y'all in Oklahoma, Ohio, Florida, California, Washington State, they can help you. And they make their lending decisions. And if your business wants to be a big business and you need a six-figure loan, you need to reach out to my friends at First Liberty. FirstLibertyGA.com is their website. FirstLibertyGA.com. They're here in Nuna, Georgia. I know the family. They're fantastic. They can help you nationwide. FirstLibertyGA.com. To the phones, i got about a minute and a half. Rhonda, welcome. Thank you, Eric. I'd like
1: to say real quick that I'm a truck driver. And, uh, you know, a lot of the general population doesn't understand that truck drivers are under so many rules and regulations as far as when they can drive, how they can drive. There's limited space for parking. Um, also, don't gripe and complain about all the workers that are working, that have been working since the uh, pandemic started. Because if it wasn't for them, everything would be shut
0: down anyway. Amen. Yeah, listen, the the burden that you guys are under on legal compliance and everything else these days, they're just, they make it as hard as possible for y'all to do your work when y'all just trying to help the rest of us. So thank you. Thank you for what you're doing out there. Thank you. Have a good one. You too, Ron. Now, guys, I, I got a confession. I'm going to go fly fishing now and it's raining and miserable and I'm going to catch nothing. I got an opportunity to go fly fishing, so I'm going to go fly fishing. I didn't think I was going to have the opportunity, but I do, so I'm going to go stand in waist high water and waders on the Chattahoochee this evening, and I'm going to try to catch me some trout and then let them go because I don't want to eat them. I don't even want to touch them, but I mean, I got to touch them if I catch them. So maybe I won't catch them, and I'll be okay. It's just therapeutic to stand in the cold water, isn't it? I mean, that's the whole thing. I also got bourbon and cigar, so it'll be a good day, even if I you have to touch a fish. (laughs) You guys, I'll talk to y'all tomorrow. Y'all have a great afternoon. And you thought these last two years were crazy. Welcome to 2022. It's coming up and nothing makes sense still, especially in business. If you're a small business owner, good luck getting financing from a big bank right now. I can offer you a fantastic solution. If you're looking for $750,000 or more in financing for your business,